It's time for Tom Girl with JJ Jurgens. A different breed. Welcome to Tom Girl, where we talk all things sports, entertainment, fashion, and adventure. Today, we're talking to award-winning actress, comedian, podcaster, singer, writer, director, and curb model, Anastasia Washington, aka the biracial boss lady with curves, curls, and sass. I love it. Welcome to the show, Anastasia. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you. I love you. You're so awesome. There's, I mean, you oh just, God. you just do it all, don't you? I, I, I keep busy. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. What Look, is sleep? <laughs> yeah, I know. When do you ever sleep? <laughs> I'm, I'm not a good sleeper. I never have been. <laughs> I will say that even as a kid, I was like. They were like, go to sleep. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you got lots to do. <laughs> lots to do. <laughs> well, let's start about, let's start with you as a kid. Because I love this story about when you were three years old and you just began your love of entertainment. <laughs> so did. tell us that story. Yeah. So when I was uh, about three years old, I went to SeaWorld, which apparently, you know, like I, I don't listen. It was a different time. You guys don't yell at me. Okay. <laughs> we went to SeaWorld and everyone was watching the Shamu show. And of course I had decided that I'm going to put on my own show. I'm going to tap dance and sing. And uh, just when everybody started clapping for the whale, I thought it was for me and I took a bow and my mom was like, we're in trouble. Let's go get her an agent. <laughs> so. Pretty much the next week I started, uh, like I interviewed with my manager that I uh, had as a kid and, and started working then. Yeah. Like soon after that. So, so you've just always loved it. Like just love to perform and put on a show. Always. It's, it's so funny. Like my sister was just saying today, she was like, I was watching my niece perform, who she's also an up and coming um, dancer and actor um, at 12. Um, and, and she was like, you know, I was kind of like rolling my eyes. I was like, oh, we have to watch the dance again. And she goes, oh, but we had to do it for you too. And I was like, well, you still have to. I, I'm next. <laughs> I, I've always loved it. It's always been like a passion of mine. And it's always been like, I think a lot of kid actors their parents chose it for them. I definitely chose it for me. And my parents gave me every out possible. And I was always like, nah, I'm good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is always the way I've been. You wanted to do it. So where did yeah. your where did you go from there? What was your kind of first big like commercial or thing project that you worked on? So I don't remember this, but my mom says I did a Disney commercial and then I did um, some soundtrack work and some like background work on newsies this the 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 disney musical uh -huh. uh, i don't remember any of those projects I'll, I'll tell you like right off the bat i don't um but like yeah i started doing a lot of soundtrack work and a lot of like singing in on 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 movies and um and yeah like i i just uh was in um the adams family series um uh, of films and Die Hard is probably the first one I really like. Die Hard Two, I was in. I, I probably the first one I remember, like as a kid, like vividly. Um, and I remember the silliest things, of course, because it's just your kid. So like, I just remember them getting us like Happy Meals. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just so happy because they had like all this fancy catering food, and us kids were like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, just get us the McDonald's a happy yeah. meal. <laughs> yeah. So I think like Bruce Willis like sent out his assistant to get us a whole bunch of like happy meals. And we were like, yes, finally someone gets us. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the memories. Those are the things that stick with Those us. Are the silliest memories, yeah. the silliest thing. And um, yeah, like uh, that's probably the first most vivid memory I have. And I just like never stopped. It always just kind of, uh, it changes, you know, my career has changed over the years and like, um, like my teens were like, teens are, it's a hard bunch of years <laughs> mm -hmm. to be an actor, just awkward. Um, but I, you know, trucked on in the ways I could. Um, and I just really like, I'm super excited about the fact that as an adult, I have so much say in what I can do and I can make things myself, which was not the thing that you did in the eighties and nineties. Um, now there's so much like freedom to be like okay well if I'm not working right now what can I work on mm -hmm. and what can I put out there and how can I you know support the narrative that I want my career to be and so I really I think it's such a great time to be a performer because as a kid I never thought we would be able, be able to like do, do the stuff yeah. we can do now because like it was always like waiting for that yes and now you don't have to wait for that yes you can give that yes to yourself and yeah. i love that well and yeah. you're so self-motivated too i during the pandemic when lots of us were just struggling to you know brush our teeth and get and get going you <laughs> did a whole one woman show um talk about that's that show you created and what it's about um well it's about the first 10 years of my life of being a you know like i was kind of stuck in being the biracial best friend the bestie in a lot of areas in my life, not just just like casting wise, just like I kind of put myself in that way too. And so it kind of discusses that and it discusses the things that you kind of say to your biracial friends or growing up in a biracial family. And I think there, there's a persona of what it's like to grow up uh, mixed. And uh, they, a lot of people think, oh, you grew up in Los Angeles, so you didn't experience the kind of, you know, separatism or racism or uh, like things aren't said to you like they are like, there's this perception that it's the South that has this kind of stuff. And I really have these woke lessons with that within my um, one woman show that kind of just shows you like this, the, the microaggressions or the things that I've experienced here that would, that would surprise most people. Um, and like the things that we need to change as a group, like we all need to like start having empathy for each other and just like listening. And and um, I broach a lot of subjects, <laughs> that's for sure. Can you say, cause I read like a few of the lines that you say through, do you mind like sharing some of those? Cause I think they are funny things that like, you know, that you make them funny, you know, I'm not saying they're funny, but it's like <laughs> you put, you spin, you put your, your touch on it, make people think like, oh yeah, you know, that's what you're saying in your mouth, but this is what's, you know, this is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot said about our hair, I will say yeah. <laughs> like a lot, of, a lot of said about our hair and it, it's, uh, I've, I've had people like, just like say things like, oh my God, can I touch your hair? Oh my God, your hair is so soft. Can I make a pillow out of it? And like, it's just like, you think, you think like, no. <laughs> like, have you ever said that to another human being before me? Like, have you ever just like walked around and been like, oh my God, I just want to like touch your hair and like make items out of it. 
It's a very strange thing to say. But I think, you know, I've always kind of said this, that, like, I think being mixed and being biracial is like being a bridge, right? And you're you're in between so much that people can talk to you from both sides and they feel the freedom to talk to you from both sides. Sometimes too much freedom and sometimes you're like, hey, edit, you know, edit Mm -hmm. that. Um, But it's also, like, a a huge, amazing responsibility that... um, that we can have those discussions and we start those discussions just by being ourselves. Like just by walking in a room, we have started a discussion like about two different cultures meeting. And I love that a lot of the time. Sometimes I'm like, please don't say that. (laughs) But most of the time I, I, I love it. And um, yeah, I mean, being a bridge is like, it's great. You get walked on a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you're bridging things that are important. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> People need to go back and forth. <laughs> well, and you're not afraid to tackle a lot of topics in, in your projects. Like you'll talk about openly about, you know, eating disorders and sexual assault. Can you share kind of some of the other projects and things that you've worked on where you, you kind of share your voice on those items as well? Yeah, I, I definitely, I'm, I did this short film that I wrote and I, I was the, I was also the lead in it called He Said, She Said, which talks about sexual assault from two sides. And it also is a very gray area. So like, I think the the problem with a lot of the way that we portray sexual assault or sexual misconduct is like clean and clean cut. It's like, this guy is like a, like a villain and he went in and he raped this girl and like, Yes, that happens. But there's a lot of like women, myself included, that have been in situations where it wasn't so clean cut and it was somebody that maybe you invited into your life or 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 maybe he misread signals or whatever. And I think there's a huge communication issue um that that needs to be discussed. And so my film takes a an encounter from the female's perspective and the male's perspective so it turns the same situation and go back Mm. and forth and it's a very different uh situation i i a hundred like i'll say 75 percent of men that see it are very uncomfortable with it Mm. because it's a narrative of you could have been in the situation Mm -hmm. right you could have been in the situation and nobody really wants to admit that they have and that's the problem (laughs) you know like like and and I love starting those conversations. I want you to walk out of that film and go, "Have I ever done that? Has have I ever made somebody feel that way?" And like, I think that is such an important topic. And eating disorders. I I did a over the pandemic. I did a web series about eating disorders because I was just sitting there and I was like, "How do I get out of my brain about it?" Like I'm, you know in recovery of like you know like I'm in a good place but now there's a pandemic and I'm sitting here thinking about food and I'm sitting here you know just like you know and so I had to express myself in comedy about like being very honest about like about eating disorders and I also had to like find activities for myself because I'm just like that person right and so uh yeah I mean I had to I made a web series with a couple other um comedians that also suffered from eating disorders and we're all different shapes and sizes that's the other thing like people have this like view of what like an eating disorder is like what it looks like 
And I actually had people like, let's say like when I came out as Lunik, they were like, but you're, and I was like, what, not skinny? Yeah. <laughs> and then they would be like, yeah, well, I didn't do it well. No, that's not, <laughs> it's just, no, it's like we all come in different yeah. shapes and sizes and there's different ways that we cope with it. Um, and there's so much disordered eating in our society just because of how we consume content and how we consume just abundance. Um, so I definitely wanted to talk about that narrative in a comedic way. Um, uh, cause I think, I think the only way to make these topics happen and, the, and, and good conversations happen is to really like make it laughable make yeah. it like you know approachable yeah. uh so yeah I mean that was one of the things I did during the pandemic too was just like write about my feelings about eating disorders and then I took up us like I took up dancing um I've always been a dancer yeah. but I, I took up dance hall and did it uh did it online because I was just like I need to move <laughs> I gotta move I gotta yeah. do stuff yeah <laughs> when did you discover that writing and or specifically comedic writing was like your outlet or your way for you to kind of process your your feelings and get and want to tell these stories I don't think I honestly um until maybe like five or six years ago thought I was a good writer um but I've always written my whole life I'm one of those uh like my family makes fun of me because like I buy journals all the time and I fill them like since I was a kid like I would just fill them with my thoughts drawings like just I'm like tons of journals and I keep them and I look at them and I whatever and so I've always been that way and I would I was always like well you know writers are that I'm not a writer because like you know people can criticize people can be very critical of your writing um especially like I'm dyslexic so I was not always I didn't always want to focus on grammar because it made me feel silly or made me feel like I was not like smart you know and so um I think about like six or seven years ago I started just like going letting people see my scripts that were supportive and um that could look past like maybe a grammar problem or or something like that and really started pushing my writing and really started believing in my writing because I have stuff to say and I think stand-up helped me with that too. Like, I think when I started doing stand-up, I was like, oh, like what I'm saying, my narrative is entertaining and matters too. Um, I think it was pretty empowering for me as a woman to just get up there and talk about things. And I was like, well, you know, I can write some script. Um, I have been writing scripts for a lot longer than that, but my confidence <laughs> was probably like seven years ago yeah <laughs> it's just you know um I think the more you, you write and the more you show the more you <laughs> you can't can you hear that I'm I heard sorry. that scream is that her audition <laughs> yes yes got another actor uh, in the family sorry. in the next room <laughs> awesome. yes it's a very intense scene sorry uh so um yeah, I think I just, uh, I was always just kind of like showing the wrong people or, um, and I think that's really important yeah. is like to put yourself out there and to learn those lessons about who the wrong people are to support you. I think you have to put yourself out there a lot and you're hurt 
unfortunately, mm-hmm. and just be like, here's my script, and then be like, Ugh. it doesn't make me any thicker skinned. I still cry, yeah. but it just does make me realize, like, this. these are the supportive people. These are the voices I need to, like, support me, and my voice matters. Um, and I think a lot of women and women of color and just women in general um, learn later in life that their voice matters yeah. and learn later in life to speak up. And um, I'm definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, you've been at this for so long. I'm sure you've seen a lot and experienced, you know, a lot in Hollywood. How have you kind of found your people or, you know, your tribe or um, kind of lessons you've learned to maybe like weed out those ones that don't have the energy that you need or say no to things that don't work for you? I, I will say I'm not great at saying no. Um, but I also think that's one of the, the like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a negative thing in, in, in some ways, but it's also a really positive thing that has led me to some great people. Uh, I don't say no a lot. I do help out when I can other people, even if I barely like kind of know in the path or if I know something that can help you and your career, I will do it. And I think that has made me a lot of strong, amazing friends and strong, amazing colleagues. And it has made me some big mistakes too. Um, but I think one of the things about me, at least, that has made me survive or made me who I am is like I just have an open heart, like, and I'm very like empathetic. And I just kind of like, if I can do anything, I will. Um, and some people will take advantage of that, and that's unfortunate. But some people, the right people, will care back and give back too and that's how I found such a good community um being very raw and just like letting myself yeah know, put myself out there and I'm not gonna lie it does it does fight sometimes you know but I wouldn't have it any other way because I've met and have experienced some amazing things just by putting myself out there yeah that's great that's great yeah. <laughs> yeah. We learn from when we get bit too. <laughs> yeah. It's a learning experience. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, not that direction yeah. anymore or not that way anymore. Um, yeah. And I think that's what we have to do in life. I feel like, especially in this industry, especially in, in entertainment, we don't do it alone. No matter how many people say we do it alone, we don't. Collaboration is important. Friends are important they keep you sane. I have so many good girlfriends. I never thought I would have that because for a while I was getting bit by a lot of, uh, you know, women that were not in the right space in their life. And, and I maybe was not giving out that I was in the right space in my life, but right now I have such a great group of friends. And even though we are, you know, maybe not exactly where we want to be in life, we're working on it and we're working on it together and we, we have each other's back. And I, honestly like always was more of a guy's girl you know I like a lot of guyish things <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know so like I was always more like and I I'm so I'm so happy that I'm here and uh in my life that I have women that have my back and I have theirs mm-hmm. and that we collaborate and we build stuff I I'm so happy we're there now, yeah you know? yeah those girl bonds as we get older I just think are so important and so great so to have important I think once we get out of our heads, like, mm-hmm. you know, your teenager could, oh God, it's so hard to like, like 
have female friendships that are strong because we're all like yeah carrying around all this insecurity and and just weirdness that society puts on us yeah (laughs) yeah now my 30s I could say uh no thanks I'm good (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right I know what I want to talk about you net to you next about is your stand-up career because I'm just fascinated by this. I think that would be so difficult. So I want to talk about like, just, I want to hear more. I want to hear everything about it. Like how you come up with weird jokes, like how you feel before you go on stage, when you're on stage, like everything. You know, I love, I love going on stage. I don't really get that nervous, uh, about, about being on stage. I, I love just like telling, I'm a, I'm pretty much a storytelling based. I know a lot of people of color are story based telling jokes. I just, I think my funny, uh, my family and my friends and just my life growing up in LA is so weird. Mm-hmm. And like, I, uh, I just, I think that's where I pull from the most. Um, now that I'm also in like a relationship for a, a while, with a fellow comedian that is also hilarious to me like it's um another thing you know just just our lives are so so there's so much material <laughs> there's so much material to pull on i'm like i'm like if you, if you even take the serious stuff it's just i love finding a way to make something serious that happened to me funny I have done it with like being light skinned and like how, like when I was a kid, like my father was, you know, a dark skinned um, man. And so like people would always look at us and I've made jokes about that and like how like I have to, I had to throw woke tantrums and stuff like that. And I'm, and there's other incidents in my life that I just want to make funny and also start a conversation. And the most rewarding thing is like when I tell like that woke joke or something, I get people coming up to me and going, oh, I experienced that. Or like, I feel that way. Or like, you know, oh, now I know how like my, you know, cousin or sister or whatever feels. Mm-hmm. And that's so magical to me. So I love to pull from that. I, I, I love to pull from tough subjects because I think I like having tough conversations in a very weird way way mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always been me I'm like oh you're uncomfortable about this let's figure out why and let's make it funny <laughs> mm-hmm. so do you find it hard because I feel like so many com- comedians have been criticized for things they're saying so I always think like like lately in the in these times and I feel like mm-hmm. is that hard for you to find that balance of you know used to kind of it's like you know what's a joke and then what is going to be offensive like do you find yourself like second guessing jokes or is that like a difficult arenas navigate these days i know a lot of my friends and even my boyfriend is very like uh worried about cancel culture yeah i am less worried and more um listen if i mess up tell me i've messed up a hundred percent i mean i once told this joke or that i thought was super funny on twitter and I lost a follower because of it. And I saw that she wrote something about it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I understand why you feel that way. I'm sorry, I was saying it this way, but you are completely right. And like, we had this whole conversation on Twitter and we, you know, eventually like came to the conclusion that I, it was a baseless joke that I shouldn't have made. 
and um, it was definitely not my intention. The way that she took it was definitely not my intention, but it doesn't matter because that's the way, you know, she took it and that's the way she took it and that's valid. Um, But, you know, I apologized. I took it down. I told, like, I even said why I was wrong um, and we had a great discussion about it and she added me back and we're good. Um, I don't think we shouldn't have accountability. We should definitely have accountability. If we cross lines, please tell me. Um, I think we should always be able to have a discussion. Um, I think that's what comedy has been the best at is starting discussions. So yeah, I think you should be able to say things, but you should also be accountable. And I would never not take accountability for the things I do. Mm -hmm. Even the stuff I don't like about myself, if I said it, if I did it, I'm going to take accountability yeah. and I'm going to say that sucked. I sucked. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, we're nobody's perfect. I think no. that's the other thing. Like everyone thinks yeah. they're perfect and like, and, and, and points the finger at them. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm going to tell you right now, if you follow me, if you come yeah. to my show, I'm not perfect. I might say something that offends you. Tell me why. Yeah. And I would love to learn better, like do better. I would love to do better. Um, but at the same time, also like maybe what you don't like about what I said or what I did is something that you actually need to learn about too. Like maybe it just made you uncomfortable because that's something that you need to work on. These are all valid things. Like we should have these conversations. That's what it's about. Yeah. Um, I'm not scared, uh, of being canceled. I want to have the conversation and I know a hundred percent I will mess up. And I might offend somebody. It's never my intention. I walk with love and empathy. And if I've offended you, please just come to me. I will I will definitely talk it out. I'm not gonna be perfect always. I might be like, well, that's silly. And then come (laughs) and then be like, okay, well, you know, that was that was silly of me to say that way. Okay, let's see, you know. Yeah. But I think we should have conversations. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. How has your stand-up show or um, your jokes, everything have kind of evolved over the years you've been doing it now? Oh, well, you know, I, you know, as a Kirby person, I definitely like made a lot of lewd jokes about my size when I first started out because I thought it was funny. And I think a lot of women make fun of their bodies and they make fun of like, like just get really lewd. And when we first start out, I am definitely not that person anymore. I am definitely just the person that walks on stage and goes, I'm a woman. I'm sexy. I have these experiences and it has nothing to do with my size. Um, you know, I do a lot of, <laughs> I do a lot of jokes about working out, um, cause I work out a lot, mm-hmm. which, you know, like, <laughs> uh, is just hilarious. Just going to spin class is hilarious. Just things about that is hilarious. So I'm honest and, and open about like the things that interest me and the things that, you know, like are drag. And, um, I think I'm more authentic to myself now And I think every comic will probably tell you that than when I started out. And I love that. Like, I'm really who I am and not who people expect me to be on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think every, every performer starts out going, okay, well, this is what's funny. Well, yeah, but also like, is that you? And like, didn't that guy just do that joke too? (laughs) Like, you know, we have have to find who we are. Be uniquely yourself. And that's, um, what I've definitely learned. <laughs> yeah. What are just curious? What are some of your jokes about spin class or what? Oh, what I, 
I love spin class is such a spiritual uh a spiritual experience for me I love uh, I tell this joke about like how I love to go to spin class and cry because like you know as a woman of color um you get to cry in front of a whole bunch of white women and they're stuck on a bike and it can't go anywhere and you're just like see me feel me you can't go anywhere (laughs) it's the greatest (laughs) <laughs> um but I, I i do i love i love spin class i feel like if i don't spend for like if i don't do my boxing class or my spin class in like a week you can tell my whole body is just like i my my personality will yeah. like just go go to spend because you're a, a raging weirdo right now and i'm like i know i'm emotional i need to go spin i need to go punch things <laughs> are you a, are you a soul cycler or where do you go um, I'm not. I'm an Evolve cycler, uh, mainly, um, which is a, a place in, on Ventura Boulevard that's really cool. I love their hip-hop night. I will be there on their hip-hop night. They also did a Broadway night, and I was like, I'm going to go, but I don't think it's going to be cool. It was the coolest. <laughs> like, I just think the thing about Spen is you have to find the right vibe, yes. the right music. Otherwise, otherwise it's not fun. And I think Evolve has it, like, to me, and, and they're just such a great, um, like, I don't know, smaller business, and, and they just seem, like, always to have the good attitude. It's the same way with my boxing gym, Prevail. We just feel like a community. Like, I, I just love going there. Even, like, I went there, like, hungover and and uh, uh, jet-lagged, and, like, I, I was, like, I'm not going to even do anything and there was like a competition day where we had to be in teams I busted my butt because I was like I love this place yeah you know I'm gonna come here you know um I just I think it's just the people um and the vibe that I love yeah Uh, yeah I guess I'm such a group I'm a group exerciser people are always like you know you're such a group I do I love it I love it yeah it's so funny you say this today because I literally just went back to my spin class I'm a big spinner too um but I hadn't been through the whole like three years now of the pandemic and I had my guy David and it was the same as you I'm like I don't like other people I love his music like I always told everybody it's like my church I'd cried in there before like I like he just like everything was like he'll give motivational talks and the music and so that today this morning was the first time I went back I walked out of there feeling like better than I felt in, you know, three years, yes. just cause I'm like, man, I, I just missed this aspect of my life. Like, so when you do yeah. find those right classes like that and that community, that fitness community, it just, it is life-changing and it keeps you, you know, positive and moving it and does. going forward. And I'm, I'm sure, especially like in, in a career like you're doing where you're, you're on your own and you're writing, you're, you're being creative and, you know, yeah. you're trying to, but you're pulling from your emotions, doing things like mm-hmm. having that there to keep that fire going is probably really helpful. Yes. And I love places that have a sense of humor, obviously. Um, like there's a sign out front of my spin studio that says like, why are you here today? Like, it, like, you know, like I'm here, blah, blah, blah. And like, and you like answer. And I always like, I'll post every time I'm a spin class, like my purpose today, the reason I'm here today is like, well, I had, I'm going to have two slices of cake later. So like, you yeah. know, or like, or, or, you know, like, just like, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. Um, and I think, uh, I just love it. I, yeah. um, I, I love moving. I love being active. I, I'm from a very active family. My dad required us to be in sports and I was also a dancer, uh, which was not considered a sport to my dad. So oh. <laughs> like I would, I would, it's like, a sport. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah not to my dad he's yeah like, you still have to be in a sport you still have to work out and I was like but I'm already working out he's yeah. like not no not enough <laughs> but the combo if you had the dance and the sports then the dance really helped your sport so you were good <laughs> yeah right? it did it did it definitely did uh, I I definitely like complained when I was a when I was a kid about how like how hard we worked uh, I don't complain about it anymore because I think it made me such a strong person no matter what size I am I'm strong I have endurance and that is uh not something that everyone has yeah. <laughs> so I definitely am like thank you um for all those years where I yelled at you and yeah like you suck <laughs> you suck <laughs> Awesome. Well, you brought up cake and that's something else I want to talk oh, yes. about. Tell me about your cake Wednesday. So cake Wednesday is a, a holiday that I've made up. <laughs> Every Wednesday I have a slice of cake and I celebrate my friends wins, my wins, little or small, because I think that we need to celebrate uh, our achievements and we just need to celebrate ourselves like every week, like at least just give yourself like one, you know, big celebration. Um, and it started really as a negative. I, <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I went to a neo-Nazi birthday party, uh, accidentally and they found out I was black cause I'm pretty light skinned and, uh, they denied me cake and I had became super obsessed with cake because I was denied it. And I had no, I had no idea why I was obsessed with cake until I started writing my one woman show. And then I was like, Oh, well, let's re-narrate this because I don't like it being negative. Like I didn't want like a negative feeling with one of my favorite foods. I wanted it to be positive. I wanted it to be healthy. Um, and so I came up with Cake Wednesday so I could have a healthy relationship yeah. with cake. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great day to me. Cake Wednesday, right, I'm in. Right. <laughs> right. And I love trying new places. So if anybody ever has any like mm. suggestions, please i this week i went to carlo's bakery uh in santa monica which is like the cake boss dude from like tv uh and had like such a good slice of cake but i please tell me especially small businesses please tell me because i want to know i want to go and support you and and call you out because i i love cake do you have a favorite I, you know, I do love, there's this place called Half Baked um, in Burbank um, and Cake Monkey. Those are like mm -hmm. two spots. Cake Monkey is like when you just don't care like how many calories you're consuming because mm -hmm. they are amazing and just uh, like unforgettable. Um, Half Baked is when you're trying to be good, um, but it doesn't taste like you're being good. Mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Uh, it has like everybody's like diet, like vegan, gluten-free, like everything. They have everything there and every, even the regular ones are just like half the calories and their red velvet. Oh, is so good. It's so That's good. Crazy. And they have like a lemon honey one. Oh. I, I just, and I don't feel like, I don't feel deprived. Um, but those are like better choices mm -hmm. days. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to try that red velvet. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good with the cream. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. Oh, <laughs> it's great. Awesome. Well, another combo, this is, I want to switch to your, um, you just do so much. We could talk for hours here, but you all, you're also a podcaster. Um, yes. I noticed there's one, I know, um, your, your cereal, your, um, oh, now, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm serial sorry. killer. Yeah, serial killer. How did I miss it? Because that's such a play on words. That you had another one that was a beer one. So yeah, tell me yes. about your podcasts. 
I love combining weird things. So I have a podcast that's currently on hiatus called Haunts and Hops, where we drink beer and we talk about paranormal stuff, including cryptids and stuff like that with some amazing ghost hunters and, and cryptid specialists. We even talk about aliens, which always creeps me out because I have like three phobias and one of them is space. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> so I love that. Um, Serial Killer, my podcast, uh, where we pair breakfast cereal with true crime, just did a panel at San Diego Comic-Con, which was so fun, um, as fun as true crime can be. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, those are the ones that are kind of like the most active. I'm always coming up with new concepts. I also have a podcast that's just me, like every once in a while, doing uh, self-help from a comedy perspective uh, called Anastation TV. I do meditations, uh, comedic meditations, um, pep talks. If you just need somebody to listen to you, put me on and um, I'll, I'll agree with you and just, and then disagree. And, and I mean, I'll agree with you and then like tell people that people suck. They, you know, like, yeah. yeah, that guy sucks. Like, just put it on and I will get you through it. <laughs> you just have so much content. I love it. Cause I listened to your meditation today and it was, uh, it was cracking me up. Cause you have oh, that my. soothing meditation voice, but then you throw in your little humor in there. <laughs> Yeah, that's my goal. My goal is to combine comedy and self-help and just make it more attainable because I think people are like, it's too serious. It's too scary. I don't want to get involved in like the wellness community. And I'm like, and I get that because I've been to yeah. some retreats and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so uncomfortable here. Like, I feel like everyone just like is taking it too seriously or too, it's too oppressive or whatever. I just want to laugh and also laugh at myself and, and actually get my self-help on like yeah. get to a wellness position and I think that's my ultimate goal is to just like one day have a festival where it's just like comedy and wellness I love it <laughs> I, I mean laughter is the best medicine right is, doing wellness. Uh, yeah do a sound bath where you're laughing come on really? yes. yeah. <laughs> oh well you also get do some relief by going on some great adventures. I saw some pictures in Capri. <laughs> I love so yes, yeah. Tell me some about your favorite travel spots and where you go to adventure. Oh, I am always down to travel. A lot of my friends are like, I'm their go-to person to be like, will you go? And then no, I'll just say yes. Um, <laughs> Cause I am, I think, I think uh, one of my favorite places, one of, one of the places I didn't even want to go to was Iceland. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go. Uh, it was a layover and I wish I stayed there for much longer. It was an unimaginable experience. Like I went snorkeling through the tectonic plates. Oh, wow. It was like an alien world. I loved it. I loved it so much. And the food was so good. Um, I just, I was so pleasantly surprised because I was just like, ugh, I don't know, maybe, but like, what are we going to do there? It's like ice, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> like, but it was such a fun, uh, fun trip. And I could have stayed there for uh, even longer. But yeah, I'm always down. Like, we do, like, I have a group of girlfriends that we travel, we've traveled to Ireland together. And we, uh, we most recently did Italy. Um, I'm like the mom or like the like easygoing girl of the group. I always be like, no, don't do that. And they'll just do it. And then I'll just make sure we're safe. So, <laughs> like, um, and that's what Capri and Ireland has been. <laughs> make sure you get out of the country and back home. Yeah. Let's just make sure. Oh, okay. We're doing that. Oh, Okay, we're okay. We're, you know, like, we've done some weird stuff. Like we went to Skullig Michael, which is the island from um, the last Star Wars movie where the Jedi was. Like it's an 
and we're like, oh, it's going to be easy to get there. That boat was the scariest thing ever. And there's videos of us just trying to smile. <laughs> just so like, we're going to die. <laughs> we're going to look good doing it. <laughs> we didn't die, you guys. Though. We're, we're <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> that's awesome. It's great. You have such a, you know, good group that you can go and experience those things with. That's always important too. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And my family is also like, you know, we're, we're big on like amusement parks and traveling and seeing the world together. And I'm, I'm lucky with that for sure. Yeah. Mm, great. Well, to kind of tie things up today, let's ask you a few questions just for listeners out there that maybe, you know, have dreams of um, doing stand-up comedy or being a filmmaker or any number of the wonderful things that you do, <laughs> singing, voiceover, everything. So maybe just talk about some the things that maybe that you've learned over the years that, that you wish you knew sooner in your career. I will say that the biggest thing, and it's going to sound like silly, but like the more you are yourself, the the better any of this stuff goes. I try to fit, fit in so many boxes for so long. And not only did it oppress me, but it oppressed my career. Because uh, you're just, uh, you don't stand out. When you're not trying to stand out, you're not standing out, you know? And the thing that you need to do in comedy and filmmaking and acting is to be the one that stands out so I think I wish I knew that like I being me the unique crazy silly person I am was my biggest asset instead of trying to be like you know whatever I thought they wanted Mm -hmm. um and I think that's the same way with filmmaking you try to do the same narrative or you get discouraged like I, I I can't believe how many people are like well they made a werewolf script so I can't make a werewolf script I'm like have they made your werewolf script from your voice make it yeah there's gonna be a hundred like there's gonna be a hundred musicals it doesn't mean it's the same musical that you're making I think your unique take on things is valid and don't let it stop you from doing things um, yeah. and just do it like stop being in your head and just go find a way to make it make it on your iphone you know i don't know just do it like Mm -hmm. i think the more you create the more mistakes you make the (laughs) the better you are as a person (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so start making the mistakes today don't don't wait (laughs) start making a mistake right now (laughs) go ahead make a mistake make all of them them. (laughs) just make them all Yeah. yeah Maybe not all at once. That might be overwhelming. <laughs> and how do you stay motivated? I, you know, it's, it's hard. Like I, I actually had a, like a very non-motivated week for me, which is to say I still worked my butt off, but um, I think it's different for everybody. Um, I have always known what I want to do. Like always. Um, I haven't always known how to get there. I haven't always know how to do it, but I think that's my biggest motivating factor is that I always knew I wanted to entertain. I didn't know how that was going to look, but there's nothing else I can do. Like there's nothing else I want to do. Um, And I think another thing that's motivating is having people around you that also have those kind of dreams Um, and seeing them do great things and being happy for them and, and, and going, okay, well, like, 
I also want to do that. Like, how can we collaborate and how can we get together? Um, I I really do think the people, like, people need people. And the most motivating thing is, like, having great people around you. Yeah. Um, Are you still helping them out and saying yes to them, too, you know? Yeah. That'll motivate you. Mm -hmm. Are you still a vision boarder? I am. I'm I'm, I'm kind of a Pinterest uh, vision boarder. Um, I do have like a vision board app on my phone that like does this like little flash thing so you get all your um, like top things like really flashing in your eyes a couple times. But uh-huh. I love Pinterest. I think Pinterest is great for dreaming. Like I just have, you know, files of like people I want to work with, brands I want to work yeah. with, places I want to go, where do I want my films? Um, and I love just sitting there just dreaming on it. Um, and then being able to just like look back and going, oh my God, that's, that was a dream I had like two months ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not really anymore. <laughs> or like, yeah. or yes, or I did that or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I think that's, uh, technology is so cool that we can just like keep our dreams in our pocket and like yeah. continue. That's the other thing. Your smartphone, oh, you can do so much on it. That keeps me motivated. It's like, I get emails, I get this, I, I I can I can do a script on my phone. I could play emoji blitz yeah. and Pokemon Go, or yeah. I could play a script, or I could do both. Everything right and there. I'll do both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's next for you? Next for me is my one woman show is going to be touring. Um, I have a couple dates uh, already, um, so like follow my social media to figure out what those are but there's some other ones that are like pending so that'll be be cool um I I'm just like shopping around a lot of uh scripts right now I have a couple of films in festivals right now and yeah I'm just filming stuff now Mm -hmm. and going to cons like I'll be at a con this weekend called Midsummer Scream with one of my films um and yeah uh, couple books in the works. Is that self-help uh, book in the works? The self-help book is going to be here by my birthday. I'm, that is what I'm, I'm saying. My birthday is November 14th. That is when the book will come out. Um, but yeah, that's the goal. And then, um, a couple of projects, uh, with, um, in the comic book realm. So we'll be, lots of stuff cool lots of stuff lots of things (laughs) that's awesome i never stop right (laughs) yeah that's great i love it. it's amazing where can everybody follow you on social media you can follow me at anastasia w on twitter at anastasia wash on instagram anastasia tv on youtube or just go to my link tree which is like link tree slash anastasia wash and you can find you know my my stand updates and all that stuff all on there uh, and the meditation <laughs> i highly recommend the meditation <laughs> thank you that thank was funny you so thank you yeah. well i want to thank you so much it's been like such a joy talking to you, you just have such Same. great energy and you know make me laugh obviously you know? <laughs> so no you're such so a wonderful glad. person i just hope the best for you and can't wait to just you. follow your career and everything that you're gonna do thank you so much and thank you so I love it. Thank you guys so much for watching again. We'll see you here next time. Follow us everywhere at TomGirl.tv. Talk to you later. Bye.